the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Business 1440, KYCR, Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group. Streaming worldwide at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Trump is unhappy with Democrats for causing a government shutdown. He says it's their fault. Using tough words, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders issued a midnight statement accusing Democrats of shutting down the government and calling them obstructionist losers, not legislators. She also said the White House will not negotiate with the Democrats on immigration until the end of the shutdown. Speaking on the Senate floor, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says the shutdown will affect the military and civilian employees. For America's men and women in uniform, shutting down the government means delayed pay. For the many thousands of civilian employees who support their missions, it means furloughs. In a late-night vote, Senate Democrats joined to block a bill that would have kept the government up and running for another four weeks. This is SRN News. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-694-7394. 800-694-7394. That's 800-694-7394. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. The moral confusion of our culture was appallingly illustrated in a recent article in the New York Times. Is your child lying to you? That's good. The author, Alex Stone, refers to research suggesting that the children who learn how to lie the earliest are the children who turn out to be smarter. It takes a certain amount of intelligence, after all, to learn how to lie. Your child isn't lying? Well, don't worry. The article supplies exercises you can do with your child to speed up the process of learning how to lie. He goes on to suggest that one of the worst things parents can do is to punish a lie. Instead, he encourages parents to pay children to tell the truth. We really are living in a world turned upside down when parents in a major American newspaper are told to celebrate when their toddlers lie and are offered tactical advice about how to teach them to lie. It's a catastrophe. It's a moral world turned upside down. And that's no lie. I'm Albert Moeller. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. 
The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. It's the King Banyan Show, live and local, covering the economy and your business on Business 1440. Now, here's King Banyan. He's rather well thought of in his field. Good morning and welcome, King Banyan Show. I'm up here in St. Cloud where it's Hockey Day, Minnesota. And it's probably, well, I think yesterday was the warmest day that we're going to have this winter. Today might be the second warmest. Um, Beautiful day up here. Um, Slightly overcast right now, but uh, temperatures are good. Uh, The uh, Lake George, which is about uh, half a mile to the west of where I'm sitting right now, is loaded with people already um and i drove by it on my way in this morning uh great day up here uh hockey outdoors the first uh, college women's hockey game ever played outside will be this afternoon uh when uh, the husky uh, we should call them the scsu huskies uh women's hockey team rather than the husky women i guess uh play uh the university of minnesota duluth uh Game's around 1 o'clock. My guess is you could, if you're listening to us here in the Twin Cities here on Saturday morning, you could still get here to come see that if you want to be part of it. All ki- all kinds of other stuff going on up here on uh, on the Hockey Day Minnesota weekend. St. Cloud Very, this is two in a row, right? We got, we got the fishing opener, and now we've got Hockey Day. Um, St. Cloud having a great year. Um, welcome. Uh, I assume you are all huddled uh, in... Cold, dark places, operating generators to opt to run the internet, which is barely functioning because the government has shut down. It's awful, isn't it? I I tell you, I I, I love this. Uh, a thread started about uh, forty minutes ago by Megan McArdle, who's a who's a columnist for uh, Bloomberg, and occasionally still writes at the Atlantic. Um, it, it, she just, she just, this is her tweet from, from, uh, from this morning, 929 in DC. There's a man on the corner hawking a copy of the federal register. He has no teeth and from the look in his eyes, no soul. A woman lies next to him in the gutter, face gaunt, fingers wrapped around a Brookings Institution coffee mug. Soft weeping rends the air. Jonah Goldberg replies, 940 in D.C. At the local Starbucks, a woman from OSHA brings in an enormous box of staplers and tries to exchange them for a kind bar in a grand chai latte, not even a venti. It's just so sad. It just, it's just so sad. Nine o'clock in Fort Bragg. A mother with two boys, a deployed husband, hoping she can make it till next payday. Some have Starbucks, some have a gutter, some have an everyday, ordinary military life. 9.30 in D.C. I buy one of those copies of the Federal Register with an almost empty smart trip card. This is our currency now. A stray dog sits nearby, staring at me. I linger, staring back. We both cry. 
9.45 in D.C. I wander aimlessly down Independence. A small urchin grabs at my sleeve. I beat him with my copy of the Federal Register and he slinks away. Conscience strikes and I call out with directions to the nearest Hooverville. This is the drama that's going on right now. Over, over how a government shutdown works. And if you were to actually read economists writing about this, the comment from one, uh, one said, well, my forecast for first quarter GDP might go down one or two tenths of a percent for the first quarter, but it would just go up by one or two tenths percent in the second quarter when the money they don't spend now gets spent later. Um, This is... I mean, the amount of this is now a a, a meme going on 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 Facebook. I've I've uh, liked a couple of them, and I think I retweeted one at pound KBRS so that you can you can join in and follow the uh, the merrymaking um, of of people who are perhaps not quite so concerned about a shutdown. We'll see what happens, but um, it, it it's probably not to be. It's probably not something to that people will be upset. Uh, um, it, it's probably something that the people who are upset by this is a declining function of distance from DC. Anyway, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. We have a great show for you today. Winter Institute is coming to us here at Saint Cloud State on February first and second. I'll be speaking on February first uh, with with a panel of folks, along with uh, along with uh, my former student and serial entrepreneur, which is kind of redundant. Every entrepreneur does a series of these entrepre- a series of these businesses, and he is now branched out into doing um, kind of a venture capital angel investing operation called Great North Labs here in that's located here in St. Cloud. Um, it, his name is Rob Weber. Um, they've, they've done a number of businesses, some of which you may have heard of. Um, very important voice in the uh, venture capital community here in Minnesota. We'll have him on. And also Ed Glazer, professor of economics from Harvard, who is our keynote speaker for Winter Institute. The Winter Institute this year has the theme, Reimagining Cities. And, and Professor Glazer's book, uh, The Triumph of the City from 2013, is an absolute must-read, even if you're not an urban planner. It is simply a way to understand human progress and the fact that what really is needed is human capital that is pulled together in cities. You know, why aren't humans just distributed evenly across the planet? Why do they come together and live together? This is, this is the basic question that Professor Glazer's book comes to answer. And his answers will be coming to you right at the bottom of this hour. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. And then in the next hour, okay, we're enjoying a couple of days of warmth, but apparently over, once the weekend ends, we'll get a bunch of snow and we'll go back into the cold again. I've enjoyed the fact that uh, my mom in South Carolina has had colder morning temperatures than we have for the last two days, but that wasn't true for the first half of the, half of the uh, month of January. And Terry Jarrett's going to talk to us about, about, you know, what these cold snaps mean 
for U.S. energy policy. I've tweeted one of his uh, one of his recent editorials to you that discusses this very fact. We'll tweet it to you again uh, coming up soon. Let me just take a few moments. We did we we're in the middle of the month, so when we do economic news, there isn't a whole lot of news that's out there. But the stock market continues to make major highs. We see we, we seem to be doing better and better and better. Jobless claims reported on Thursday with the lowest reading in 45 years. Did you miss that news? Did you hear anything about that? No, because you were concerned about the shutdown. Jobless claims, 220,000 new jobless claims in the week in, in the week before this. The lowest reading in 45 years. Industrial production, double the expected number, up nine-tenths percent. The manufacturing sector is doing fabulously well, just very, very remarkably well. There's really not much that you can say that isn't, um, that, that, that isn't positive about, about manufacturing goods production. So, yes, I hear the news about retail, and I understand that that's an issue, but... I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's that's something to be concerned about yet. I actually believe that the, we've probably reached the point where, where we've gone from, concern about the retail sector, to perhaps overreacting to what's happening in the retail sector. And that, we so, peak retail hysteria, might be right about now. We'll see. I mean, obviously, I mean, I say this kind of flippantly because the Sears store here in St. Cloud closes this weekend. We're 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 wrapping things up there. We don't know who's going to move move out there. There's there's rumors of another retailer. There's rumors of a of a health clinic going in there. There's rumors of a of a food court of an, another bigger food court going there. I don't know what's going to happen in that space, but. There's all kinds of things that could happen there, but I, your local mall, I don't think, is going to die. It'll look different. It'll it'll serve you differently than it did 25 years ago. That doesn't everything. And even the things that Wall Street points to as being negatives, like Treasury yields becoming higher. Remember when a flattening yield curve was supposed to be a was supposed to be a sign of recession. Now we have have yields on 10 years rising, and now we're calling that a negative? How's that? No, rising treasury yields are an indication that the economy's strengthening and that there's com- competition for, for loanable funds. And that competition for loanable funds naturally pushes up the interest rates that uh, lenders can charge. And the demand for dollars is increasing, and you can see that in increasing exchange rates. Yep, that's not so great for exporters, but it's a sign of a strengthening economy, not a, not a declining economy. Gold prices continue to go up because a strengthening U.S. market may, may indicate that in the future we will see some inflation. It's possible. I don't know, I don't know that I agree with that. But crude oil prices are coming down, so perhaps... Perhaps prices aren't rising quite as fast, even though that price for oil outside your door right now 
Um, I don't. I didn't get the report from John on what gas costs across across the street from the station yet, but around my house, it's getting closer to two dollars and fifty cents. Just as I said to people about six weeks ago, the next move was up, not down on on gas. Two fifty, maybe even it gets above two fifty for a little bit. It isn't going to go a whole lot higher, I don't think. And we're already seeing it show up in crude prices. I've been paying over two fifty out by where I uh, get gas. I didn't see this okay. morning across from the station, but uh, it was like two fifty four. I want to say out really in okay. I, it might have changed since then. That was like last week, I think. But um, yeah. yeah, it 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 shot over two fifty there for a little bit. Right. Well, the one closest to my house was two forty five nine when I drove by this morning, um, and so so somewhere around two fifty. That given that the oil price went up to to sixty dollars a barrel from around fifty, you had to expect that some increase would happen. Now the question is whether these higher prices are going to encourage additional uh, fracking and uh, exploration. I think the answer to that will be yes as we go forward. But I think in general the economy is doing doing pretty well. And the question is really how much credit should the first year of the Trump administration get for this? Let me address that question right after these messages on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. The board of fines and the humming wise, hey man, you know you're never coming back. Past the square, past the bridge, past the mills, past the stacks. On a gathering storm comes a tall, handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red right hand. Get total freedom in your life safely and quickly. Build wealth and passive income so you never worry about working till you drop, losing your job, or retiring in poverty. Hi, I'm Steve Davis, an investor in thousands of units over the years. Now it's your turn. Del Wamsey has been my mentor for nearly 25 years, and he's taught over 100,000 people just like you the principles of financial freedom through live one-on-one mentoring at Lifestyles Unlimited and his national radio show. I'm excited to tell you about the real estate workshop that changed my life. The workshop gets you on the inside of what we do and what we believe and unlocks the five ways we make money in real estate. Just like your personal trainer, Lifestyles Unlimited will motivate, encourage, and teach you so you can get in the best financial shape of your life. Call 866-971-8970 or go to fivewayswemakemoney.com. That's fivewayswemakemoney.com to register for the workshop that will change your life and let you stop worrying about working till you drop, losing your job, or retiring in poverty. You know, I'm not a genius about money. I love my credit cards, and they love me. I was using them as a source of income, and then I got behind in my payments, and creditors were calling. I heard about Trinity, so I called and talked to a counselor. Now I've got one easy monthly payment, a lower interest rate, and I'm getting out of debt. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. 1-800-990-6976. Are you looking to change your cleaning service? Hi, this is Jessica Carter, and I am the owner of CTC Professionals. We specialize in cleaning offices, car dealerships, and small businesses. One of the main things that makes us different is the fact that we are small, family-owned, and that enables us to offer affordable pricing. The first thing that I will do is meet with you 
do a walkthrough of your facility, go over in detail what exactly you'd like done, and I ensure that it gets done at every cleaning. We use a detailed checklist, and we pay close attention to detail, and you're going to see that after each cleaning. So here's a no-risk offer for you. Try us free for one week. We'll clean your business, and then we'll ask you if you can tell the difference between what we do and your current cleaning company. No obligation, risk-free. We're CTC professionals, and we would love to clean your business. So call me today at 651-404-0132. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. <laughs> That's fantastic. It is a fun Thank song. Thank you. <laughs> King Banyan Show. This is 1440. I've been suffering. I, I, I Thank you all for uh, the compliments for the show last week. Obviously, we uh, we pre-recorded uh, the show because it was my weekend to go down to um, go down to Arizona and uh, golf with some friends. Uh, it was my, my getaway. And apparently, I picked a good weekend because it was really cold up here. Uh, in Minnesota, um, and um, I ended up coming back uh, and and having an issue with one of my ears. I couldn't pop it in the in the airplane, and and I ended I ended up with an ear infection that's laid waste to my throat uh, and uh, just zapped my energy all week. And so and so you know you try to get happy and up for uh, you know, doing a, a morning show here on radio, and and a lot of that depends on. The music that John provides us. You can go to Spotify later and get your energy up as well. It's spot in the search box. Type Spotify colon user colon KYCR underscore studio. That's how you're going to find that. That goes. Yes, the show must go on. We do it regardless. We're just so happy for that. By the way, coming up after this next break will be Ed Glazer, our keynote speaker for Winter Institute, and we really hope you'll stay tuned for that. After that, but first, let me let me take a few minutes, and I might have to come back to this after the break. Um, I'll be doing the economic forecast at Winter Institute, my local economic forecast, and our forecast depends in large part on a survey we've done of area businesses for now 19 years. It's the same set of questions each time, some of which are some of which are. A retrospective look, how have things gone for you in the last three months, and the other being a perspective look, how do you think things are going to go over the next six months? And when we did this measurement in August of 2016, so in the middle of the 2016 election season, what we noticed was this real decline in August of people's uh, of people's uh, of business leaders as uh, 
uh, optimism. The survey goes out to about 100 area business leaders, okay? That's not necessarily the owner. Every business will tell us who's going to receive it and who responds to it. They give us written comments. It's, it really... It really works out very nicely. And when we did the survey in August, we noticed there was this sharp decline in optimism in August. And some of the other numbers were soft, and, and I actually came on the air. I'm sure we could, we could find the, the recordings for you back at Twin Cities, TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. You could go back in the podcast back to August or September or October of 2016 and you would have heard me say things such as, you know, businesses are kind of, you know, skeptical. They're kind, they're 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 pausing. They're waiting to see what's happening. What happened in November, and the, and the next survey went out one week after the election of President Trump, and and everything switched back from this negative August reading to a positive reading. And we thought, well, that's interesting. That's okay. I wonder if it will last. That optimism has remained in place in every survey since then. And so when I read these stories about the impact of the tax bill and how the tax bill is causing these large corporations to announce you know, as Apple did this week, we're going to repatriate, we're going to make ourselves able to repatriate uh, $250 billion of earnings that we've stashed overseas to avoid U.S. taxes. We'll pay the one-time charge of $38 billion for that. By the way, I don't think that was optional. I think some of the announcement has, in fact, been making a, making a virtue out of necessity. Because I think that, if, as I understood the tax bill, the assessment of the, of the tax for the foreign profits was a, was a presumption. It wasn't you have to move it in order to pay the tax. It's you're paying the tax and then you can, move, you can do whatever you want with it. So they're going to move the money back anyway. But I wanted to point this out to people, not just for that reason. But that there's been a significant amount of discussion about whether or not this t- this tax bill should be operating in the way it's been operating. Should we see 90 or so major companies, major corporations, announce some wage increases like for Walmart uh, and so forth? Or are they... Are they Using the tax bill as a as a cover as public relations for something they intended to do anyway, um, and I I come upon this by quoting something by uh, by my uh, sometimes colleague uh, I sometimes see him around. He posted yesterday Tim Taylor who uh, writes a conversable economist. We quote him pretty regularly here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. And I'll just read this quote to you. Like a lot of economists, I mistrust using business climate or business comp- uh, confidence as an explanation. I prefer to be able to trace back business confidence 
to specific measurable parts of the economy and to focus on those instead. But just because something is hard to measure doesn't mean it isn't real. It seems at least plausible that firms in a number of industries felt that the U.S. business climate was not supportive and interpreted Trump's election as a sign that policies were more, more likely to support profit-seeking firms were on their way. Our survey, I think, is evidence to that, to that point, that businesses simply moved from caution to optimism, and it's very interesting to think about how that, how that works through. You know what? We're going to have to save the rest of this for the next, for the next hour because coming up right after, right after this is going to be, right after these messages coming up is going to be a, a wonderful talk by Ed Glazer. Um, he's actually going to tell you something about Amazon. Should we be happy or sad that Amazon HQ, will, the second headquarters, will not be in the, in the Twin Cities? You'll be surprised by his answer, and it matches mine, here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. I'm Pastor David Mitchell, founder and CEO of Tradeway. I've been in the ministry for over 30 years now, and because the Lord has continued to bless my business endeavors, I've never had to take a salary from the church, which has been a huge blessing in my life and a great way for me to give back to the Lord's work. I'd like to share with you my thoughts on the importance of the family business. You know, these days, people send their children to college to learn a trade that no one in the family has done before. They move away, they work for someone who doesn't love them, and then they trade their infinitely valuable time for a little bit of someone else's money. The old plan was to get a job but lay aside each month and later start a family business. As the owner, you leverage the time of others and earn off hundreds of man hours per day. It's called financial leverage. The added benefit is that each generation teaches the next and builds on these skill sets and your children have the competitive advantage of experience. That's a great plan for potentially creating generational wealth. Tradeway offers you the vehicle to start such a family business by teaching you how to trade in the stock market. Perhaps you're intimidated or confused by the world of investing, but Tradeway is here to help you break down that confusing world of finance so that you can understand it. We're not your typical big Wall Street investment advisory firm. We keep it fun, simple, and personal from day one. We offer our students a powerful education on how to trade in the U.S. stock and options market, coupled with sound investment advice, and all from our family business. We're here to help you reach your biggest goals through taking small steps. Join us and bring your family. Coming to the Sheraton Bloomington, January 26th and 27th. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America... 
please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Pro-Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard people. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is 1440. Thank you for listening to us today. And it's that time of the year, every year around this time, we have Winter Institute up at St. Cloud State University, Innovative Economics, now in its 58th year, if I remember correctly, and that feel, only feels like I've been here for all of them. Uh, actually, I've only been here for 30-some of them. But anyway, I'm excited to talk to our guest. Uh, our next guest is the keynote presenter for this Winter Institute. He'll be speaking on February 2nd at St. Cloud State University, 10 a.m. at the Performing Arts Center at St. Cloud State. Professor Ed Glazer is the Fred and Eleanor Glimp Professor of Economics in uh, the Faculty of Arts and Sciences at Harvard University. He teaches microeconomics, occasionally urban and public economics. Uh, his most famous, and I think most famous book, is Triumph of the City from 2011. And his topic is going, going to be, in fact, on understanding cities. Professor Edward Glazer, welcome to the King Banyan Show. Thank you so much for having me on. Great. Um, Triumph of the City really captured a lot of imaginations. And, I, you know, in, in music, sometimes they'll refer to something as being a crossover hit. Uh, and Triumph of the City was really kind of a crossover hit. It, it didn't just appeal to academic economists, but it appealed to a broad variety of people, uh, and you got a lot of attention for it. Why do you think that is? Well, I think we're very much at an urban moment. If you go back to the 70s, uh, when I was a kid growing up in New York City, it really seemed as if the age of the city had, you know, come and gone, that, you know, you had that, that headline, uh, Ford the City Drop Dead, uh, manufacturing jobs and de-urbanizing by the hundreds of thousands, urban decay seemed everywhere. Uh, that's not what it feels like today. I mean, cities are economically dynamic. You know, they're expensive as heck uh, to live in, at least at least the most successful ones. They're economic powerhouses. And, of course, that's not just true in the U.S. It's true globally, where, you know, from Shanghai to Sao Paulo, uh, megacities have really been providing pathways out of poverty into prosperity. And I guess the question is why and what does it mean for the future going going forward? Do you think there's a limit to the size a city can become? I mean, one of the things we always worry about here in Minnesota is that at some point Minneapolis and St. Paul will simply take over the rest of the state. Is, where, is there a logical limit to how far out cities can grow? Well, there's both a question of how, how far out and there's a question of, of how dense they can become. Uh, in terms of city size, I think the right view is that um, the problems of city living, which are real, I mean, traffic congestion, you know, in the developing world, contagious disease, sometimes crime, um, those downsides can be mitigated by effective local government. 
And when a local government is actually quite strong, like, say, for example, Singapore, you know, they can pretty much accommodate any level of density or size that needs to be handled. When you're trying to deal with really a lot of size and a lot of density in a place that is both poor and poorly governed, that's where troubles really set in. And if you ask me, you know, I think of Minneapolis as being one of America's great urban success stories. And, you know, I guess I think that Minneapolis can pretty much handle whatever whatever it, it gets thrown at it. So let me let me uh, ask you a couple more questions about Minneapolis. So for, first of all, um, you certainly are aware of the fact that Amazon uh, put out these bids, put out for bid, create for us their, our second headquarters and, and placed its second headquarters at auction to various cities. What's really interesting for us here in Minnesota is the fact that Amazon, or excuse me, that the state of Minnesota chose to give a very small bid um, and basically said, we're a great city, you ought to come here, and they only offered them $3 million in terms of financial incentives, whereas some cities offered as much as $7 billion what, uh, in incentives. What's your thought on the Amazon process and Minneapolis's reaction to it? Uh, you know, I think Minneapolis did exactly, the Minnesota did exactly the right thing. The, the bottom line is that any city that Amazon is going to want really is not going to need Amazon. Um, and the truth of the matter is that Minneapolis is a very successful city. It's got a lot of, you know, remarkable homegrown innovation in lots of different ways. And it rests on, bed, on the bedrock of human capital, right? Education is the, is the thing that makes cities, uh, cities succeed, and Minneapolis is a very well-educated place. So I, I think it would be a perfectly sensible thing for, you know, Amazon to come to Minneapolis, but I, I don't think it makes sense for Minneapolis to break the bank trying to, trying to attract Amazon. I think some of that discussion, too, uh, Professor Glazer, was was about the fact that Target's located here. We already have Best Buy. We already have retail giants in the area. Um, don't you think – do you think that there would have been too much competition if Amazon came here? Or do you think there's some – I think we'll use the technical term – some agglomeration economies from the fact that, that we already have this specialization in retail and Amazon should just pick us because we know how to do what they do? Yeah, I think it's certainly, I mean, I, 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 the only competition that, that really seems uh, significant is the competition over workers, uh, where, you know, obviously uh, Amazon would be competing to hire people away from Target and Best Buy. Um, uh, obviously, that competition is actually good for workers. <laughs> it may make it less appealing for, for Amazon or for, uh, for Target. Um, but, you know, certainly all of these are global uh, merchandising giants. I mean, they're competing, you know, throughout the world with each other. Um, and, you know, uh, I don't see the local competition as being all that significant. Indeed, there may well be some significant local agglomeration economies. Uh, one of the things I thought about in terms of Amazon, though, was whether or not they would want to diversify more towards the Sun Belt. I mean, they're already in, in a northern, well-educated city. At least when I thought about Boston's appeal for them, Boston seems maybe a little bit too much like uh, like Seattle to be the natural place to diversify your headquarters. Minneapolis at least has a, a Midwestern strength that gives it a little bit of difference. But if I were guessing, I would have guessed that they would have went, gone for one of the smart Sunbelt cities like Austin or uh, Atlanta or Charlotte. Well, it's interesting. I, indeed, it may turn out that's where they end up, right? Um, so, so as you come here now up to St. Cloud State University for Winter Institute on February 1st and 2nd, Professor Glazer, one of the things you'll get asked about, I'm sure, is about about St. Cloud as a smaller city. We're a regional center, about 65,000 people. What does uh, the triumph of the city hold for smaller places like St. Cloud? Well, it depends on what kind of smaller place. So 
It is true that St. Cloud is smaller, but it has two critical advantages, one of which is, obviously, it's educated, right? So it has, it's a place with a, with a great university, and it benefits from that. I mean, when you look at smaller places over the last 30 years, you really see that education is the critical thing, which, which draws a distinction between high-performing uh, mid-sized places and, and low-performing ones. And secondly, of course, it's in the larger economic ecosystem of Minneapolis-St. Paul, which is really the most successful uh, heartland city in the U.S. by, by many dimensions. Um, and that, that proximity is a, is a great asset to St. Cloud. So, so what does that imply for sort of the economic development of this area? Are, is education... Education is clearly necessary, but it's also true that St. Cloud is, lies upon uh, three different major highways. Um, does transportation play a role in this as well? Sure. I mean, particularly the more important you think the connections with Minneapolis-St. Paul are, the more important you think it is to be able to get into those cities and to, and to uh, connect with them. So in the case of St. Cloud, I think that is right. Now, it's not primarily about goods manufacturing, goods mobility, right? It's not about, you know, giant boxcars moving huge amounts of freight. It's just whether or not people can get quickly to and from the center of the city. Right. And, and in fact, its, its history started as being on the Red River Trail, and it was, in fact, uh, ox carts that were taking goods out of here. <laughs> and it's, it's very earliest uh, in, incarnations back in the 1850s and 1860s. Uh, Professor Glazer, let's, um, we probably have just a couple minutes left with you. Let's think about what it is that we're going to have um, – what you're going to be talking about here when you come to speak at Winter Institute uh, on February 2nd. Well, I'm certainly going to be talking about the comeback of cities in the U.S. I'm going to be taking us on a global tour and thinking about, you know, cities in India, cities in sub-Saharan Africa, where I'm really going to make the case to some students that, that, you know, the vocation of trying to make developing world cities livable is one of the great tasks for the 21st century, a task, a task which is both incredibly important and incredibly rewarding. And then because, you know, we're Americans and we like to, to gamble on real estate, I'm going to be talking a bit about uh, America's real estate markets, both those in cities, and, and a little bit of history as well to try and understand how real estate speculation over the past 200 years has both built and sometimes cost great chaos within our, our country. Well, that part's going to be very interesting. Uh, will you be able to say anything about real estate here in, in Minnesota that, that our, our listeners might be interested in? Well, I, I, think they, they, uh, I think you can expect something from that, but I don't, want, I don't want to give it away right now. Oh, don't give it away just yeah. yet. That's very, very good. I don't know. Have you been to Minnesota before, uh, Professor oh, Glazer? Of course. Of course. You know, Minneapolis is a great hub of, of economic research, so I've certainly given yeah. talks at the no. Minnesota Fed, for example. Um, and anyway, I like the weather. It reminds me of New England. So, okay, very good. Well, we're so happy to have you joining us here, and uh, we'll be glad we'll be glad to have that. Uh, Professor Ed Glazer of Harvard University, who will be speaking here on February second at ten a.m. in the Performing Arts Center at Saint Cloud State University. Professor Glazer, thank you so very much for your your time today. It's going to be a great opportunity. Remember, this talk is free. Just go to stcloudstate.edu slash winterinstitute to register online. Time's running out to register, so get to that very soon. We'll be back after this on The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley.
There is no better steward of your money than you. Helping you create wealth and income is our number one goal. Online Trading Academy teaches you trading and investing skills so you can protect and grow your investments to retire on your terms and never outlive your retirement savings. We teach you one-on-one how to grow your investments, even in a market that's at an all-time high. If your retirement is in a 401k or 403b, you can still learn the tools to improve their performance. Many students maintain their full-time jobs but still love learning to be more consistent while making a great second income from this market. We have been teaching successful trading techniques for 20 years. Once you get the education, you can trade on your own with confidence. Call OTA at pound 250 on your cell phone and register for a free trading and investing workshop or go to learnwithota.com. Online Trading Academy Radio. Webster's Dictionary defines a meeting as a gathering of people for a particular purpose, such as to talk about business. No matter how big or small your meeting is, WNAV Audiovisual can help. Because at WNAV Audiovisual, your meeting is our business. Hi, I'm Mark Stoman, president of WNAV Audiovisual. Today, over 26 million meetings will take place in the United States. In today's fast-paced world, meetings are essential to keep people connected. In today's fast-paced world, you have to get business done now. Whether your meeting is in a conference room, auditorium, ballroom, or sanctuary, WNAV can provide you with audiovisual equipment and expertise quickly, smoothly, and efficiently. And we've been serving Minnesota since 1983. Learn more about what WNAV's technicians can do for you online at wnav-video.com. That's wnav-video.com. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Hey, good day. Welcome to our super cold show, eh? Hey, good day to you, Hoser. Hey, you know what the best thing about winters in Minnesota are? (laughs) I know. It's my Arctic Spa and Swim Spa. They're made in Canada for these ultra-cold Minnesota winters, eh? You know, you keep saying that, but what exactly does that mean? Hey, they got that patented forever floor that doesn't need a concrete slab, eh? And they got that patented walk-on cover that holds up to a 1,000 pounds of snow, eh? And everything in between. Arctics are built for the cold. In fact, anyone can build a hot tub. But Arctic knows how to make them work in the harshest of environments. You should see everything they put into these spas. <laughs> yeah, and how they are in the power bills, are too, man. Are you kidding? That's what Arctic does best. Hot water for very little dough, eh? Yeah, so if you're looking to buy one right now, eh? Or just making the plans, visit Premier Pool in Chanassin today, eh? And see what a true cold-weather spa looks like. Like. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously, online at premierpools.com. Take off, eh? It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Music by George Clinton and George Beverly Shea. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. Business 1440. As we continue our tour of speakers for Winter Institute, this is a special treat for me. Rob Weber, um, who has been a a serial entrepreneur, uh, and that does not mean that uh, he sells cereal, uh, but he's been been doing startups and, and been working as an entrepreneur while even when he was back in college here at St. Cloud State University and, and Rob, it's, and, and Rob, made the tragic mistake of actually taking an economics class for me. I don't remember the year exactly, Rob. I want to say it's around 2004, 2005, but somewhere in there. 
But uh, anyway, welcome to the King Banyan Show. It's a treat to get a former student on the show. Yeah, thanks a lot. I'm looking forward to our discussion today. Yeah, thank you. Rob, you know, you're, you're a college student. You have a twin brother who's also a college student here, and you get the idea to create a business. Okay, so I'm going to say this as bluntly as I can. What were you thinking? You know, we grew up well in the family. We were, I mean, we weren't poor, like middle income, but we were in maybe a neighborhood that had tend to be higher middle income, so we were always like maybe had a chip on our shoulder, and we didn't see the point of working in you know minimum wage kind of jobs. And so we, in the, as a precursor to St. Cloud State, while well, we were in, we actually went to community college for a couple of years at North Hennepin Community College in Brooklyn Park. And we were, we basically started, this was like 95 to 2000, 96 to 2000, somewhere in there. We started, uh, or actually started 96 to 98. We started kind of tinkering around with e-commerce and digital media business models. And, you know, we didn't really make much money on those, but it, it, you know, it was the precursor to what we eventually launched at, at St. Cloud State, which was Freeze.com in 2000. And so it was, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was very interesting. I think the, we always wanted to be bold and try to make an, you know, make an impact. And I think a lot of the, in the region, I think a lot of the schools are very, can sometimes come across as being very tilted to large companies, you know, and so much of the economy is really driven by entrepreneurship, you know, whether that's, you know, the 95 plus percent of the businesses that are more kind of family, you know, owned businesses, or the maybe 5% or so of those that are sort of angel or venture back that are really have aspirations to be very high growth. We always wanted to be in that sort of 2 to 5% kind of scenario. We were looking to really make a big difference. It wasn't just about income. So, so you, t- you decide to do this while you're still in school. Eventually, you, you and your brother Ryan graduate. And NativeX is going strong at uh, Freeze.com, and it be- eventually becomes, becomes uh, NativeX. But tell people that pathway, because eventually you decide that St. Cloud – you need to you need to expand beyond the St. Cloud area. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting crossroads, a kind of seventeen year journey uh, from Freeze dot com that became W three I, then it became NativeX, and they were really sort of you know we were constantly pivoting. I would say the initial strategy for Freeze dot com we had out of the dorm rooms wasn't very it wasn't very defensible, but we were constantly pivoting. We were able to bootstrap it five years in. We had thirty million in revenue and five million earnings. Uh, wow. primarily with bootstrapping it. So we, you know, we, but the, the challenge was it didn't take us a lot of resources to get it off the ground, and there was really little to prevent competition. Uh, we had, uh, so it was, uh, you know, I learned a lot about that. That was one lesson learned. I would, you know, recommend other people thinking about their own entrepreneurial journey, journey is spend more time thinking about defensibility. Because once you start a business, you pretty quickly realize it's, it's really not a sprint. And I think there's resources are scarce. It's starting a business is really more of a marathon. Like once you get your business going, you know, that, then, it, then it really, then you start to realize, well, now what do I do? And so I think that's what was kind of a key lesson learned for us. And that's, you know, we left uh, NativeX after selling it about two years ago. And now we started a venture fund. Uh, along the path, we had about three exits. And this was about 11 years ago. We started doing regional angel investment in technology, high growth companies. And that performed quite well. And so we decided, you know, while, by the way, that was all part time. We were still running our company. So, we, but the resources, you know, the resources it took to run, I think these smaller commun- these smaller cities in the re- in the region are really good places to start a company. But then you do, and even if you create a culture around development of your staff, it really is important. You will start to tap out the potential of 
smaller communities. And that's why we ended up first in the Twin Cities and then San Francisco. Even in the Twin Cities, you know, for example, about seven or eight years ago, we could not find data scientists. These are like PhDs in machine learning. I mean, there's literally, we couldn't find a single one in the Twin Cities who had, you know, who had the education and the practical experience. And the Bay Area, there were a lot of them. The bad news is Facebook and Google and everyone else in the Bay Area are trying to hire these folks. So, but at least they were there and we were able to persuade, you know, someone to join our team. So it was really out of necessity. It was really more just, you know, we got to a point where even if you build a culture around developing your talent, you still need to have people at the beginning of that cycle that, that, can, uh, that can kind of get that flywheel going and teach, you know, new, uh, new talent coming in. We'll talk with Rob Weber, who now leads a uh, company called Great North Labs. And you put it here in St. Cloud, which I found really fascinating. It's, and as you mentioned before, you know, you guys aren't, you guys aren't originally from down, down this way, but you decided to put it in St. Cloud, and you said this is a good place to have something like this. Great North Labs is, is an investment firm. Tell people about Great North Labs. Yeah, so it's, we've seen a, a pattern repeated in Minnesota that I think may be happening elsewhere in the world. And the pattern was that a lot of our highest growth, most successful entrepreneurs have come out of, you know, they, they're, they've come out of college students. And a lot of the colleges and universities kind of around the country or, or world, you know, are in these smaller communities. They're not in the, the sort of biggest urban centers. I mean, certainly there are schools in those urban centers. But I think the lack of opportunity, you know, uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in terms of jobs that are interesting, you know, in the more rural areas, these smaller towns, makes it a more kind of rich environment for students to take risk and get a business off the ground. You know, and I, I could point to two or three other examples. In St. Cloud, we had Field Nation, a company that is still growing, run by Minul. He started that up around the time we started our business. We actually invested in this business and it's done mm-hmm. extremely well. He's about 100, it's about 150 employees. Um, and then we look at, uh, but I, and I, I guess when I look at students in the more urban centers, like Minneapolis, St. Paul, you end up with uh, just the big companies are really going after the students and kind of, and they're, they're having that presence of, uh, when we're blessed in Minneapolis, uh, or really Minnesota, we have the most Fortune 500 companies in the region per capita than anywhere in the U.S. But I think that creates this sort of like entrepreneurship, like vacuum, where the big companies just sort of tilt all the young talent, so the people are, you know, kind of jumping from big company to big company with internships. And I think that's... Uh, so I can point to, you know, Auto Claire. We saw, like, Jamf uh, was originated there. We saw Sport Engine, which sold to Comcast, NBC, about a year ago. These are some of the biggest entrepreneurial successes in the region came out of these kind of towns. And I think what, what better way to, ca- to sort of capture the essence of what it is like to sort of start your business in that manner than to kind of have our headquarters based there. Yeah, now, Rob... You know, one thing that happens at St. Cloud State, we have about 1,500 of our students who come to us internationally. Do the international students play any role in this? Do they do they end up be being attracted to uh, startups like the kinds you're talking about? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think some of the you know, some of the best early contributors to our successes were, were uh, international students who were classmates of ours. I mentioned uh, Manuel. I mean, he uh, obviously was yeah. a student studying from abroad. But even in our own team, we had a... Uh, you know, our original kind of chief architect of Freeze.com was a gentleman named Wang Ting. He was in the grad program for computer science. He was instrumental to us kind of getting our, our first business off the ground. And he kind of came, you know, with some practical experience. And, you know, after he left us, you know, about five years into, let's say, you know, the company, 
he ended up going out to Seattle and taking a job in the SQL division at Microsoft. But it was just you know such a pleasure to have him on board. And then after that, we had another student, similarly in the grad program, uh, Shivani, who is now CTO of uh, what used to be Atomic Learning out of uh, Little Falls. I think they've since moved down to Minneapolis, St. Paul area. But Shivani, you know, started in like a software management enge- engineering role, and now is kind of uh, you know she's over the last 10 years, if you follow her career, she's kind of gone on to some of the bigger public companies locally that are in technology like SBS Commerce and, uh, in the Twin Cities. And now she's sort of uh, moved up in the ranks to kind of CTO. So I think there's just, there's a lot of success. I think I think a lot, for a lot of the international students, it feels to me like they have, they're maybe like my brother, even though they came from a different background. My brother and I always have this chip on our shoulder. And I see that a lot of it. You know, we like to back those kind of people whether it's as, you know, employees or partners in our business or, you know, as, as entrepreneurs that are you know, starting off the ground, they have something you can find your, you know, your motivation or passion in any number of ways. But, you know, we like to back people who kind of have something to prove. So, Rob, we had about a minute left. Uh, what do you expect to be talking about at Winter Institute on February 1st? Uh, at Winter Institute, my talk is on how entrepreneurs are impacting cities. And, uh, yeah, so we're just going to explore that topic. Uh, I think there's just... We're in a world that is changing faster and faster than ever, uh, and I think you have to kind of understand the, you know, understand. Uh, but that world is largely a lot of those changes are being driven by entrepreneurs, uh, and then so we're going to explore that. Great, hey Rob, thanks so much for for being with us. Hey, Rob Weber will be speaking at six fifteen at the Regency Nine Twelve Center. Uh, I'll be on. I'm I'm Rob's warm up act for that. You're, you, so come see both of us. On February 1st, go to stcloudstate.edu slash Winter Institute for the information. Winter Institute, February 1st and 2nd at St. Cloud State University. We'll have a great time with that. Um, as you can hear, the passion Rob has for young entrepreneurs, we're going to offer that to you at Winter Institute. We'll be right back after this. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Don't miss King Banyan's Dennis Miller impersonations next on Business 1440. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on that bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say you've got mail. Well, thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play Business Radio 1440. Throw out that old beeper. And get with the times. Listen to your favorite Business 1440 hosts and shows with Alexa and Amazon Echo. If your tooth fell out, would you replace it? Most people would. So how is your hair any different? If you're tired of losing hair, simply replace it by going to INeedMoreHair.com. Let this be a year to make a new hair's resolution. Hi, I'm Mike Greenley, familiar voice with Minnesota hockey fans. If you have hair loss and want more hair, go to INeedMoreHair.com. Meet the hair transplant specialists that have given patients from around the world, including some of the most prominent celebrities, a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. Here's the best part. Their technique is so advanced, the results are guaranteed in writing, and their prices are the best in the business. Prices as low as $3 per graft. Their office is conveniently located in Egan near 35E and Diffley Road. INeedMoreHair.com will allow you to see a more competent reflection of yourself. 
That's INeedMoreHair.com. The consultations are free, and the results are amazing. Check out INeedMoreHair.com for complete details. That's INeedMoreHair.com. Experience you can trust. Prices you can afford. Well, we do what we do primarily to honor the Lord. Hi, this is Lee Juvelin with the Kingdom Builders Roofing. And this is Eric Juvelin. We'd like to say thank you to all the people that have purchased roofs through the Kingdom Builders. But we also want to thank all the people that we've met, whether they've purchased roof or not. There's more to this than just selling roofs. Maybe once or twice we actually sell the roof in the first meeting. Once you kind of turn this over to the Lord then you can get those blessings from just meeting the people. We've been blessed by every person we've come in contact with, and we pray that we can be a blessing to others. Maybe by doing the roof and doing it for a fair price and doing a quality job, we can work year-round. We will warrant the work, or we can get things on the schedule for as soon as the weather breaks. Give us a call today. We'd be glad to help you out. We're the Kingdom Builders Roofing Company. We're not salespeople. We're just great roofers. So give us a call at 612-900-9166. Or look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net. There's always a moment of truth where we were yelling our hearts out. Even in our weakness, even in our pain, we continued to push. I don't know where the pain went to, but all I know is that I had what it took. I am a United States Marine. DFC Darrell Willis serves his country as a Marine. Will you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.